Welcome to the HeartStrong Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lindbergh. Like many of you, I'm living a life that I just did not expect. And over the years, I've come to value the idea of living HeartStrong, of growing through the challenges in my life, and let's face it, the challenges in our times. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. So each week, I talk to thought leaders, authors, experts, and everyday amazing people who have something to teach us all about living fully amidst our struggles. I have learned so much from others along my journey, and so I hope that my guests will help you on yours. Let's get started. So I'm really excited about today's conversation. We're getting to the end of season three of the HeartStrong Podcast, which I can barely believe. And at the end of last season, I invited my friend Megan to come on the podcast and interview me about things I'd been thinking about, things that I was doing. And you know what? It was one of our best listened to podcasts. So I thought I would do that again. And today I've invited my dear friend, Bridget Pashenti, which if you know me, you know Bridget. She was a guest on last season. She is just such a wise woman and knows me so well. So we had a conversation today about evolving and caring for ourselves and allowing life to be what it is. And I share different things that I'm thinking about in terms of the foundation and HeartStrong and the podcast and my family and different self-care practices that I've been utilizing in my life lately. So I hope that you love this conversation as much as I did. Let's take a listen. Hey, Brad, I'm super excited that you're here. This is going to be such a fun conversation. I am so excited as well um, to flip the tables here on you and ask you a few questions. Um, so let's dive in. Um, tell us, it's been a busy year for you. Tell us um, maybe a little bit about the HeartStrong Collective, um, the evolution of sort of where you've been, where you're going. Can you kind of fill us in a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, we obviously started the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation, you know, in 2015, and we've been doing that for many years and have really focused on the heart community, serving families that way. And as many or some of you know, I also have a son with a rare muscular dystrophy. And in the background, had been working in that community to do some different things, um, which has, by the way, been a challenging project. But we, but, but we've, we've, you know, we've done some different things. And, and then on top of that, I also really felt like this message of being heartstrung was really important. And I wanted it to have more of like a, like a center stage that really what we wanted to do is, you know, encourage people to be resilient and to grow through the challenges in their life, which is what this podcast is about and kind of what our messaging is really about. And then in turn, I also wanted to support these two communities that were important to me. So what I did is I kind of brought them all together in like a collective. It's not an entity that each all are all their own separate entities, but us marketing brains like to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of find a home. So home. it's really a yeah. home for all of those things to be together. Um, and, you know, I was actually listening to this podcast this week of this girl who's like a marketing kind of guru person, and she has a personal brand. And she talked so much about we change and evolve. And we, she's like, my brand has to change with me. And I can't do it if it doesn't feel like it's authentic or if it's in alignment. And so for me, I think the HeartStrong Collective, the evolution of it was really about me being in alignment with myself and with where I was and for being fully who I am, right? Not just being 
serving one community and not another or sharing one story, part of my story, not another, that this was really something that I wanted to be more holistic. And I think that it's going to continue to evolve, to be frank. Like, I think that this is a living, breathing organization that's going to continue to change with me and with us. And as things, you know, we become inspired by different things, but this was just really a desire to bring things all together in kind of a cool way. And Heartstrong has been so well accepted that I really wanted to lead with that message. Right. And how do you feel like personally you spoke of too, you know, where you are, we talk about this a lot, where you are today personally, because that's a big part of the story for you. And you're really, really, you try to stay very true to that, as you said. So if this, you know, organization is to grow a living, breathing thing, as you are a living, breathing, you know, entity, um, what maybe was one of the biggest pieces for you in terms of getting really honest with yourself right now and um, evolving and how that kind of folded in to the organization? So really personally, you. Yeah. You know, I, you know, the pandemic was really a challenging time for nonprofits and mm-hmm. it really brought so many people's lives to a standstill, right? Where we really were like, where are we going with this? What are we doing? Um, and so for me personally, it was really a time of reflection. And I really realized that what I have gained the most in the last eight to 10 years of my life is a lot of personal growth and wisdom through my journey. And what I, and so, and I was like, you know what, I want to gain some skills around this so that maybe potentially I can use this in my work through the nonprofit or in something else I might want to pursue. And so I have worked through becoming a certified coach. And so that's just something that I just completed. And there's, you know, some diff- some more work that I have to do to sort of get my certification. But I'm really excited about bringing that into what I do because, you know, what I've learned is that we can give people all kinds of of, of grants and we can support research and we can do all of these different things and they're all really, really, really important. But the most important thing that I've realized is that we got to learn how to grow as humans. Like we got to learn how to evolve. We got to know who we are. We got to ask really difficult questions. We have to get honest with ourselves. And those tools, those curiosities of mine are really what has made me who I am. And so for me personally, I wanted to dive a little bit more into gaining some skills around that, which is probably separate from the nonprofit, but really was inspired by all the families that I've witnessed over the years. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really important point. It's that existential question, that fundamental of who, who are you? Right. You know, that, that, everyone is really in search of. And it's a question we have to ask ourselves again and again and again and again. Um, that at one point, right, we are comfortable with the answer and and be comfortable with in time that that will change, but that we have to keep asking that question. So I think that's so beautiful that that means so much to you. And then also gaining some of these other tools to utilize within your, you know, um, the foundation, but also maybe taking it, would you say, um, your interest in sort of on this macro level, but then kind of pulling that in a little bit to a more micro level, a more interpersonal, um, um, level. I know you've, you are, you know, doing the life coaching, um, 
and you have been diving into that. But is that fair to say that maybe this like bigger scope has kind of pulled in a little bit for you as well? Or I think it's just that, you know, we when I started the foundation, it was based on experiences that we had had, right, that we had mm-hmm. seen. And I think as our experiences evolve, we evolve in what we want to do and what we want to contribute. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as the pulling in is that maybe it's almost a pulling up mm-hmm. than an in okay. because I think that I'm looking at things at more of like a 30,000 foot view of how we humans are growing and evolving and changing the things that they need as they're going through these difficult circumstances. So I think I used to be so focused on the nitty gritty, right, of the of the actual journey and event. And now I'm like, wait a second, I'm seeing this from a different perspective. So I think it's that's kind of where where I'm at. So sort less event focused, like bigger picture? Bigger up. picture. Yeah, I'd say bigger picture and saying, just looking at, at at people in my own journey and kind of going back to what it means to be heartstrong, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 about how do we go through the challenges of our life? What are we going to contribute? Who are we going to become in the process? Those are the things that I think as I observe myself mm-hmm. and others that I really want to encourage people to do so that they can have the most agency over their lives. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's really given me agency. I can't control the circumstances or everything that happens to me, right. but I can control how I approach it, how I think about it and what I do with it. And I really want people to understand that that is within their grasp. Right. It's a little bit of that if I if what I'm hearing a little bit of that witness consciousness too of the noticing, the observing, the sort of being outside oneself, noticing oneself. And that, like you said, you know, the self stays the same, that's unchanging, but everything around us will continue to change. I mean, that is, that is very real. Um, mm-hmm. And yet we can, can intellectually know that, right? But sometimes it's really, really hard in the moment to do that, to feel that, to be that. And so it does, it takes, it takes practicing that and real effort to kind of pull up, like you're saying, and sort of see things from um, a different lens. So that's uh, that's awesome. Tell you know, me- one of the things yeah. real quick that I wanted to say yeah. was that, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was Adam Grant or it was somebody mm-hmm. that, that I followed. I, I really him, like right? him. but Or maybe it was somebody else. But they were talking about how who we are is going to evolve. Like we can, we're going to change as humans, but our why, or what maybe it was Simon Sinek because it was why, but it's what, what, what we want to contribute and what's most important is that can stay the same, but the way we do it can change. Mm-hmm. And I think that we get so locked in as humans to saying that, let's just say you have a why and you're going to, even if go down to parenting, right? You would love your kids. You want to raise whole healthy humans, but the way we do it is going to evolve because as we learn more, we're going to do things yeah. differently, right? Yeah, no better, no better, do better a little bit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we get to have a similar heart for things or a similar desire or a similar, you know, why, but how that is manifested in the world is going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Um, in terms of the life coaching too, what would you say, um, give me like, two or three takeaways on just, you've just, you know, started, you've just finished your uh, first step of the certification with that. What are maybe like two or three takeaways, things that you didn't really expect um, uh, to experience or that it was maybe something different than what you thought it would be? 
One or two. Yeah. So, <laughs> hmm, that's a really good question. I think um, there were a, a couple. One thing that I thought was really cool about this program that I really liked was, and I and I'm a huge believer in this, but the work that I've done up until this point, a lot of it has been in more of like a mentorship or a consulting role, right? People want something from my experience. They almost want me to tell them what decision to make or how Mm -hmm. to do something or, you know, and this role, which I, what I love about it, because I deeply believe it, is that every person has the answer inside of themselves. And so as a coach, you're like helping people co-create their own journey and their own life. So it's not about what I want for someone or what I think someone should do. It's about pulling out of them what's in their heart to do and what's underneath their obstacles. And so I, I love that because I've been in such a role of, I mean, I'm the oldest of five children. I'm a mother of four, you know, you, you're looked to a lot to have the answers. And that was so freeing to be like, I could be in a role with all of the wisdom that I do have, but just allowing someone to figure it out for themselves. So I really, really love, that's probably what I loved most. But I also became really clear that I think anyone who's going to be a good coach or a good mentor or anything, you have to be doing your work. And so I really was like thankful for all the work that I done, that I have done personally and inspired to continue doing it. So I think that I can only serve others well, you know, if if I'm doing that. And I think that goes for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. We, we can only give. So if you're going to be in any type of giving role or even of reciprocity, reciprocity, hello, has got to be both sides, you know, doing, right. you know, it's a partnership. It's definitely a partnership. Exactly. It's such a good word. So, yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And it's really freeing, like you said, to, you know, being the eldest. And I know we share in that, that um, mm-hmm. we aren't all knowing Um, and I think early on in life, I always felt like even when I was sort of working toward whatever it was, um, any disciplines in my life that I needed to sort of almost conquer it, you know, in a way. And I know we share in that and, and just so freeing that guess what? I'm not going to know all the things. Mm -hmm. And so working in this way and in a partnership that, I'm also, you know, you're also going to learn from the folks that you're working with, you know, and, and that should be freeing for both parties, you know, very trusting and safe environment too to do your work, both do your work. So that's awesome. Exactly. And I think too, one of the things I've reflected on is we actually were, I was working with my cohort yesterday and we were talking about the different types of coaching or, or, you know, the difference between coaching and therapy and all this. Oh, yes, I'm glad. What's really, well, we can talk about that, but what's really came to me is like life and work have all become one, I think, through the pandemic and what's going on in our professional life affects our personal life and vice versa. And so I think like, you know, people say, well, what kind of coach do you want to be or what, you know, or what, you know, what kind of coaches have I used? I think you just want a coach that you really trust. And that's what, even if somebody's listening and they're like, Hey, I think I would love to be coached. Like seek out someone who is a really good fit for you mm-hmm. because that's because your life is in work and everything is all kind of meshed together. And they're going to be able to help you like pull those things apart instead of siloing those things. Cause I think that is 
so shifted in some ways through the pandemic and through all the things that we've all been through. And so that's something else that I really reflected on in, in, in taking the course. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you would agree with maybe the word is like attunement, like in life, right? This idea of, it's interesting you're saying too, like, well, what type of life coach? And I, I don't know enough to know like the various different subcategories of maybe life coaching, but sometimes I, you know, maybe it's my naivety with that, but not knowing, I think, you know, life is so full and nuanced in all the pieces. So I agree with you 100%. Find someone that you trust and that you find a connection with that Mm -hmm. when they're speaking, you feel like you're being heard first and foremost, right? But you're you're listening really, you know, that you're tuning in um, and they're speaking to you in a way of which really does resonate. You know, mm-hmm. and that's going to be like any type of relationship sure. um, across the board that's going to work well, right? Yeah, or at least, yeah, at least feed, you know, it feed you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because you're doing it for you. I mean, there's no other yeah. reason to do it, right? You're right. doing it because you're looking to uncover something about yourself, which I think is always an important thing to do, right? I mean, your students come to you in yoga, right? Because they're looking to uncover something and you're the facilitator. You're not able to get into the pose for them or to do it for them. You're just the facilitator. But there has to be that connection that works for it to be like a really productive relationship. Yeah. Very, very similar. And I I was just reading the other day, I thought was really interesting. And I know you and I have used this um, this word, and it, it seems to become really ubiquitous as of late, but safe, sacred space mm-hmm. and a safe, sacred space, a safe, sacred space for people to do their work. These are, these are, um, mm-hmm. terms we're hearing a lot more of more mainstream. And what does that mean? What does it mean to create a safe, sacred space? And, and it just kind of delved into a little bit exactly what you're talking about too, mm-hmm. is this uncovering, but that it, what it isn't is definitely someone telling you how to be or telling you what to right. do and more of that dictatorship. That's not a safe, sacred space. It's to come as you are, mm-hmm. you know, and come as you are and do your work at your pace, um, to your cadence and mm-hmm. have the ups and downs, the backslides, all of those things are going to be in that, in that space. And that's what a safe, sacred space is. Isn't like, come to the safe, sacred space and let me tell you exactly how this is going to go. Um, and that there's going to be this, and we talk a lot about this and I know you've had some, you know, amazing people on about linear thinking Mm -hmm. and that life isn't linear. Um, and so that first and foremost, you have to come to that understanding. So I think that safe, sacred space, whether it's working with students, you're working with, you know, um, clients and life coaching is just that is you're uncovering something but you feel really comfortable in a place to come as you are you know you don't need to study to come here or you know to speak to you and you know there aren't these all these things that you need to do in order to show up Mm -hmm. right exactly just deciding to be there is the most important thing right just deciding to be there yeah and be as open as you can Mm -hmm. right so mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, along those lines, too, coming as you are, and um, curious as to sort of if you'll share what sort of grounds you, what centers you, you know, doing all of this work and giving so much in all facets of your life. We know you're, um, you know, a big giver. Um, and um, what, are, what nourishes your soul? What are some of the things 
um, that really speak to you in that way? What feeds you? Yeah, I was thinking about this before. Um, I think there's three, I'd say, practices for me that I have really embraced in the probably like the last year or so. Um, one is walking. I mm-hmm. I really I um, always thought walking was for wimps, <laughs> to be honest. Like because oh, it that's wasn't- on a t-shirt. That oh, could be- <laughs> Because it's not hard, you know. I I historically you love, love I know, right. and I like to those hard things, those hard workouts and stuff. But finally, one day I was like, it doesn't maybe it doesn't have to be this hard. I actually talked to this about with another guest on on the podcast. Um, my first guest, Ryan Mannion, was saying right, the same yeah. thing. She's like, I was just like, if I'm not running, I'm not doing anything. Um, but walking for some, it it is there is like research behind the bilateral movement of your your feet, mm-hmm. um, the rhythm for your body, the way it releases stress, the way, I mean, there's it's so grounding and there's a million things. So walking has been a really big thing for me that I try to do every day, at least a mile, a loop mm-hmm. in my neighborhood's a mile. And that just kind of grounds me. Um, silence. I, I really crave silence. I have a busy loud life sometimes. And so silence is really important to me. Even when I do walk, I actually, so if my kids are home, sometimes I'll take the phone, but I really make a point. I'm not listening to music. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if Eric is home, I'm leaving my phone at home. I'm really just listening. I'm just there to hear the birds and, you know, just to be in the, in the moment that I'm in. So I'd say silence and walking in sunshine. You know, I, I was actually just reading, something about the importance of sunshine for our melatonin regulation and, you know, our sleep-wake cycles. And I know the older I get, (laughs) the less I can handle the dreary days of Illinois and how much Mm. I crave sun. And I feel so much happier and I'm more energetic. And I think there's a lot of science behind that too. So getting sun, I try to get outside for a little bit every day when it's sunny and just let that soak into me. Um, And I'm also, I'd say other thing, I'm a really big learner. I love to read other people's ideas. So when I have the chance, I will read and really learn from someone else's wisdom. I love to learn from other people and kind of check that alongside what I'm thinking and learning. And um, that's a really, really big part of my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I mean, where you are too, I was going to say like, you know, you just getting out and and the big sky and you live amongst Mm -hmm. nature. It's so beautiful. And so that's awesome that that's, you know, right there for the taking, not too mm-hmm. far, a couple steps out your door there, that sunshine, the walking, the outdoors, the trees, the sky, you know, the noticing piece, mm-hmm. you know, and you're wonderful at that and stop and notice. I was just on a, a yoga retreat this past weekend and yeah. I know you've been on before and at this um, wellness center, there are little signs like along the way, right? And you're, we're dropped in the desert here and you know, stop and look up at the sky, mm. this little sort of, yeah, it's so small that. things, but, and I know some folks might say, that's so woo woo, that's so, you know, but no. it really can shift things for you. It, it just in a minute can shift mm-hmm. that mood and um, being with yourself, you know, being with yourself. So that's beautiful. I love those reminders because we need those more we than do. ever. Our life is so busy. We're moving so quickly. I just think that those, it's almost like you want to plant those around your house on post-its or something, you know, it's just right. it's not a bad idea writing yeah. it in a, you know, a write a, um, 
erasable marker on the mirror. And I'll, exactly. I, do, I do that on the wind, uh, windows in my house. I do some of that too. It's just, yeah. 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 You know, reminders are not, not a bad thing. It stops no. and make you, makes you notice, you know? It does. It does. Um, yeah. And I think the healing piece to all of that, and wouldn't you say, going back to with practices, the the daily, you know, it's, it's said, it's like, you know, some days you gotta, you get up and you just fight like hell for the day, you know, and that's a very real thing. Um, that you have those tools, you have something to look to, to say, I'm not feeling right. I, I need to kind of shift right now. All right, get up from my desk and let me go take a walk mm-hmm. and then come back, maybe refreshed instead of like, what more work can I do to just kind of continue down this, you know, cycle. So like you said, we need reminders and we need to fill up our toolboxes so that we have different sort of modalities and things to go to for mm-hmm. different um different we can't feel our feelings all the time right i love right. that one because it's so true it's so, so true. damn tiring you it's know exhausting and i think it goes back to that witness consciousness thing that you were talking about before um you and i i'm reading again it's been a long time but the untethered soul by michael singer which you have read also and it's that whole idea of witnessing yourself and I, it's like such a powerful idea because i know like you know, it was just my son Ethan's birthday and he would have been 17. And there's lots of reasons to feel a lot of sadness around that time or heaviness, right? Because I miss him and I wish he was here. But I've learned to allow those feelings to come and to even let myself be in them for a period of time, but also anticipate that they are going to also leave. And Mm. so choosing to allow them to come and go, but almost like sitting inside of myself and saying, okay, Jessica, well, now you're feeling sad and you're having a day and it's okay. And that's not who you are. And that's also not who Ethan would want you to be, but you love him and you miss him. So I think it's just, and I, and for me that walking, well, walking in the silence, both allow me to do that and to, Mm -hmm. to have that reflection point, right. Which I think is, you know, our world is so crazy and chaotic and there's so many opinions and everyone's yelling at each other. It's like, we really need to be intentional, I think, about those practices. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so beautiful too. And to have, you have to sometimes, not sometimes, most of the time, create the space to have that reflection. Because if you're always having stimulus come at you, say in the house, and if you weren't, if you didn't decide to kind of step away or into your bedroom or into an office or into your closet or into your car. I had a, a friend of mine who was taking therapy in her car yesterday <laughs> via yes. Zoom because her house was full of, you know, kids and their friends and all of that. You know, yeah. those are the things. Got to be resourceful. But again, you have to create that time and space yourself mm-hmm. to have those reflections so you can hear what is going on instead of hearing what is going on hear what is going on you know inside inside of you so that that's such a beautiful thing and i think it's so helpful um for people to to hear on how one is able to go about doing those things you know it's this doesn't come to any of us in the middle of the night to how to figure this this Mm -hmm. stuff out you you do have to be creative you do have to like, you know, again, you're a person of such, you know, inquiry and, um, 
Yeah, and noticing like, oh, that's really interesting, and then sort of reflecting and uh, and aligning, like you use the word aligning with your thoughts, and would that work for me, or how do I think maybe a little differently than that, but it's along the same lines or whatnot. Reflecting with what's coming in instead of it just coming at us, you right? Know? Right. That's such a good point. I also think, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking about how important it is to, like you talked about making, having practices and and choosing to do things and you have to create the time for it. I think, you know, in my house, it's hard to do that because I have my son Bodhi and he needs so much care and he needs to have an adult. I can't just like, if it's my son, like in Chase, I can run out for a walk real quick and they're fine. But what I've noticed that I've done, I, I will tell my family, okay, I have to get my walk in today. I'll be back in 20 minutes. You know, it's like letting your family know, letting the people around you know that this is important to you and that it's not going to take a thousand hours. It's 20 minute walk, you know, right now. And maybe it's 20 minutes tonight. I've done that at times. Or it's nine o'clock at night and I head to my treadmill down the basement for two miles because that's when people are in bed. It it is that resourcefulness, but it's claiming it for yourself. It's saying, I need this. As mothers, as women not so good at it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, You have to make that choice and let everyone else know, this is my non-negotiable. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I like how you say claim. There's that second mm-hmm. piece to that. Because when we talk about, you know, permission, right? And I think sometimes it, women, I'm, they'll say, you know, it's like that someone else is going to come in and say, wow, she looks really <laughs> tired. And I think that she really needs... You know, sometimes I think we can sit in that and wait for permission. You can't wait for permission because we're all so consumed, whether it be partnerships in your household, coworkers at work, managing partner, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Everyone is really, quite frankly, very much concerned with their own entity Mm -hmm. for the most part. And um, there are those special people, right, in our lives that definitely can see and say, wait, you need something. That's great when that happens, but we can't sit around and wait for that to happen. You have to give yourself permission and claim it. I think it's a beautiful thing to express to a family as that's a good practice for them to see and know Mm -hmm. that, hey, mom's like, you know, yeah, she's having her time, you know, and um, that's important for them to Mm -hmm. see you doing that or to see us doing that in a, in a household, in a work setting. Oh my goodness. In a work setting for Mm -hmm. sure. Take that break. You know, um, you got to model it almost. You have to model it. That's exactly it. Yeah. You have to model it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we always talk about practices. Um, I think this permission, so we'll use that word again, this permission to evolve. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, the idea that um, how how you go about that, um, how you let that in, what you feel that that means in your life. You spoke of it earlier on on that journey of of coming to the point of like, oh, okay, wait, I have to sort of you know where I am as a whole here or what I'm working on. I also have to look then. At my fir- at myself first to see mm-hmm. how this is all going to you know work. But can you talk a little bit just about you know that word evolving, and uh, how do you see yourself you know evolving? Yeah, yeah. I've actually been thinking about that word a lot lately, and you know I will say that initially when I I think let me back up. I think we yeah. live in a culture that 
values permanence. Mm. And the reality is that life is just not permanent. There's so much impermanence. And we, you know, in, in your work with yoga, that's a big tenant. Mm. Um, but you know, it's funny, like every time somebody says, Oh, I, this is going to be my forever home. Eric and I always laugh to ourselves. Like we chuckle about the, and I, I mean, I love the concept of a dream home. Of course. I mean, who, no one loves that idea more than me, but, but saying that, I hear is like, I'm looking for things to stay the same. same. I mean, I laugh because I'm like, good Lord, like I could be in Texas tomorrow. I mean, who the hell knows? You know, it's like life changes and I've learned that it just comes at you and then you adapt accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I'm open to that, I guess. And so as much as we all love permanence and we all love things to be because we can somewhat maybe feel control There's or dependence, right. um, that's just not the reality of life. And I think when we are open to the idea that it's not the reality, then we can like really send some really exciting things that are possible. Right. And so that is something that I have thought a lot about, you know, I think that, um, you know, coming up on 10 years of Ethan having died. And for some reason, it feels like a really big milestone to me, not necessarily like if there is some sadness that I wasn't anticipating, but also some like, wow, look how far we've come in all of this and look what's been created. And I wonder what's next. You know, I've really had that sense of like, well, you know, this has been really beautiful. And I think on some level it will continue, but I sense that there'll be some things that will change Mm because I've changed. And initially that was a very scary idea to me because it's just like, well, if I want to change, what will people think? If people find out that I want to do coaching, will they think that I don't want to do the nonprofit, right? I mean, we come up with these things in our head. Mm -hmm. And then slowly I started to say, but I evolved to get to what I'm doing now. I will evolve to, to, to be the woman I am becoming. And that's really the exciting, cool part of life. So for me, it's almost been this process of realizing I'm somehow evolving as a person. And that's good. And I need to accept that, right? Because mm-hmm. at first it can feel a little bit jolting. I think it's also like age, you know, my kids, I, I just, I don't know if you feel that way. Like sometimes I'm like, how, you know, Blake will be in the house for just so many more years and, right. you know, and it's like, where did all the time go? And just really being conscious of wanting to be present in whatever is happening. Right. And I think sometimes too, that fear of evolving and what keeps people sort of stagnant in a way too is, is this ownership of an identity that they're very Mm -hmm. afraid to let go of too. You know, you spoke about a little bit of like fear of what would people think. Um, It can be, it can be also that something, you know, that what you have gone through too is like the person that um, I was during Mm -hmm. Ethan's life here on earth. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, that as I'm changing, am I no longer that person that he knew here on earth? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reality is, right, is you have to keep shifting and changing. That would obviously be what he would want. And it would obviously be what he would, you know, be doing. I mean, this, right. is, this is humans and we are here created to notice, evolve, shift, change. And so, if we're not, we're gripping, we're holding on to something there, whether it's 
some type of trauma, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. that is holding us in that place and in that identity. And until it sort of doesn't serve, then we say, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to shift now. And, And the beautiful part about being just so open to life flowing through you is this idea that nothing is forever. I mean, it just isn't, you know? So you said like the forever home. I I feel the same um, as you know with that because I don't know where I'll be in in five years. And I I just hope that I am open enough to listen to what is here for me and to notice what is here for me. And I know you have worked to that end so much on that rather than, and I know some of the language in our conversations where you're like, rather than sort of like running after it, but letting it sort of come to me and that I'm just noticing it as it's coming, as it's coming in. Um, I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit and and maybe how things have shifted because I would say um, being close to you that I have seen that shift a hundred percent with you and the work that you've put in to have these reflective times and um, you know, we have to train our nervous systems to allow mm-hmm. those things to happen because sometimes it, there's just so much going on on that on that level, um, on a pathological level that that we aren't able to really receive mm-hmm. what is out there for us. So we have to do that work as well. Um, and I feel like you know you have done a lot of that to be in the place um, that you know you're talking today where you're noticing so much. And like you said, instead of sort of running after something, whether it be with business, family, children. So anyway, do you want to speak to a little about that? Yeah, I love that, you know, letting things come to you. I mean, his, historically, I've had that mindset, but I'm, I, I like to go after things. You know, I'm a very ambitious person yeah, and yeah. I like to be doing things and creating things. That brings me a lot of joy. I know sometimes mm-hmm. people think, well, you know, I can't believe you do all those things. But a lot of some things that I have historically done have brought me a lot of joy because I enjoy, you know, doing that. But I will say probably the most fulfilling things that I've done or most amazing experiences that I've had, when I look back, they're things that came to me. And in order to be in a place of receiving what is coming for you, you have to be also in a mindset of allowing, mm. allowing it to happen, saying, I'm going to allow what comes to be. And I think at the same time, it's very important to hold a vision of what you want. You're not just like willy-nilly because a lot of things are going to come at you. Right, you have to be right. able to say clarity of what you want so that you yeah, can say no to the things. Yeah, so that you can say no to the things that aren't for you. So that yeah. that goes that's behind the scenes work of, of knowing yourself and everything. But I think, you know, one of the things that I've really reflected on is, you know, my son Bodhi's eight and he has a rare muscular dystrophy and He's getting heavier. He's fully disabled. And it's a really hard day. It just when he's home, I love him to death. And it's really, really hard. And for so long, I mean, I just get frustrated. He screams and yells a lot. He's nonverbal. So he's frustrated. And I've just gotten to this place where I'm like, this is how he arrived on the planet. For some reason, this is how he was created. And I was chosen to be his mother. So I just have to allow this to be. So if he's screaming, I sometimes don't, I mean, hi, hey, Bodie, I'm right here. I'll be right over. I'll be out there in a second. But I can't fix that because that is how he arrived here. 
Would mm-hmm. I like to fix it? Of course I would. But that's just so it's I've really I've really shifted in this idea of saying this is what I have. This is who I am and I'm going to allow these experiences to come through me and then mm-hmm. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do with them. And so because I think so many times if we want to change you know, we hear life coaching, life changing, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we can't freaking change the stuff that we have. It's just what we got. But yes. it's allowing it and then saying, okay, what is mine to do within this space of what I have? And that shift has helped me a lot. I'm not good at it every day, you know, but um, I really try. The other thing, and I wasn't even like expecting to like bring this up, but I've also started to see an integrated medicine doctor in the last year. And I wanted to bring it up because I was thinking about like people that might be listening who have like had really challenging things in their life or, you know, they've, they've put off self-care. They've been a caregiver. They've had trauma. um, Like you mentioned, dysregulated nervous systems. Mm -hmm. All of this stuff can impact your body, I mean, your body, your hormones, your your joints, your musculature, the tightness of, I mean, so I've really spent the last year kind of addressing some of these things that I finally realized my body cannot do this anymore. My body cannot live on no sleep because my son doesn't sleep. He needs to go on a medication to sleep. I need to figure out why I have chronic shoulder pain. I need to figure out why I'm feeling this way. And so you know, we can be all woo-woo and talk about our, like, mental spirit and all that stuff, which is cool. And I, you know, I love that stuff. But I've also realized there's, like, this physical component Mm -hmm. to living a life that allows and that accepts what you have and changes with with what you've got. Right. Well, and to that point, too, it's being, we talk about this all the time, really honest with who you are and Mm -hmm. what you've got. Right. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is really the the place where it stops people. It's this idea yeah. of like, okay, but if you're, you know, you want all these things, but let, let's look at the situation or, and so that, that allowing, right, can't really happen mm-hmm. if you're not being honest. So yeah. to come to this point, and I think it's beautiful that you're sharing, because I think a lot of folks will say, okay, yeah, 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 wait, what is she saying about this? Um, the self-care piece mm-hmm. that looking, you know, to yourself and saying, yeah, I mean, I don't know how, I, I know this woman. She has <laughs> gorgeous skin and no, not one dark circle or bags <laughs> under her eyes. And she's not slept in 20 years. I, I don't know how she does it. I mean, all the, I, I just don't know how she does it. Um so that being said, that's that's a huge piece. It's like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, to everyone else, no one would have a clue that you have interrupted sleep, you know, mm-hmm. every night. Um, and so I think it's important. I think it's great to express that and that you've gotten to yourself where it's like, okay, I need to dig in on this because mm-hmm. um, I love myself. Right. You, you, know? Know what's so, you know what came, this is also something that I've learned in doing this is like, I am so good at advocating for my kids or for other people's kids or for other, other people's kids. Um, You know, I will, I've gone to the mat with people and all kinds of things. And I believe so wholeheartedly in advocacy, but in the last year that I've had to really self-advocate, I've realized 
that I'm not as good at that. And it's been a really interesting thing to notice back to noticing is like, okay, it's easy to advocate for others. It's harder to advocate for yourself. I'm like, I need to like, I know what to do. I know how to handle these doctors and ask for what I want. And so that has been also a really interesting reflection that we, how important it is to give to ourselves and to cultivate care and love for ourselves. And that our, you know, our, our kind of confidence or, or belief in ourselves just can't come from what we do for others. It has to come from what we do for ourselves. Oh yeah, for sure. And do you think that some of that, as you reflected, like, is there a piece maybe on uh, of worthiness? Is there, what do you, what do you feel like? Because you, like you said, you know how to do it, the advocacy for others, you know, there's no language barrier in dealing with, you know, physicians. And, and so why do you think then for you to advocate for yourself and that piece was more challenging or is more challenging for you? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not 100% sure. I do think maybe there is like a little bit of a worthiness thing that I think also it's habit, right? I'm so habitual mm-hmm. and have had to, out of necessity, advocate for my children so much. And then I've had created a a job out of advocacy. Right. And so it's sort of like that reflex. And I think we have to build other reflexes, right? So right. part of it, I think, is... I mean, I think there is something that I have, I'm pretty good at on right now about the idea of, you know, sometimes when you have kids with multiple things, you do feel like maybe it's somehow you're doing, you know, and I've worked through that. So I don't feel like that is as much of a thing for me, but it is a real emotion that mothers have. But I think more it's, it's a reflex, it's a practice. And my practice has been others, my kids, and out of survival and necessity somewhat. And now I have to build that reflex on self-advocacy more than I have. Right. I would, you know, a term I, I've heard before is like the habit loop, right? Yes. So yeah. you have to like stop in that process, mm-hmm. whether it's like what the habit is, then what what you're getting out of it. I think it's like the cue and then the reward might be the language. Mm-hmm. I would have to look okay. that up. But it's, it's that when you go into something and knowing like what you're going to get out of that and stopping that and saying, okay, wait, if I go into this, this cue is now going to, what is this going to give me on the back end of it? So it's yeah. sort of breaking exactly what you're saying is sort of in a different way of creating these different reflexes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, flexing in a different, in a different way, all again, being present, being honest being aware, allowing all of these pieces instead of just going in this knee-jerk reaction to things and expect different results. Yep. You know, if you're yep. unhappy about a situation, you really have to peel it back to where it starts and then go from there. You know, yeah, you have to get underneath it. You have to figure yes. out what's underneath that. Yeah. Because every time there's an emotion or like you said, a knee jerk reaction, there's something underneath that. I think getting curious about that is always helpful for us. Right. And sometimes it's timing. Like we're like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this right now. And and maybe for a while, just to use it as an example, I know with, with Bodhi and the sleep, it's like you get into sort of a routine that you're like, this is working for us, right, Eric, we're, Mm -hmm. this is good. This is working for us. So we just kind of ride that for a while. Until then, it, then it doesn't work anymore. And then it's right. like, okay, let's look at this again. This isn't. So 
that also is this whole evolving with like where I'm at right now, this is working. And it's only going to work for a certain amount of time. And I'm pretty, when we get good at this, we, we're aware that like, it's only going to be good for a certain amount of time. And then right. I'm going to have to rethink this and reframe, right, as, as the mm -hmm. word uh, we hear so often, reframe. And that, hello, people, is evolving right there. Yes. You know, right. you're shifting, you're changing with your situation. Yeah. The other thing that came to me when you were saying that is I was thinking about, a lot about like, we tolerate a lot of things in our lives, like mm -hmm. this idea of toleration. And I think... Um, you know, something even with Bodhi, like he wasn't sleeping well for so long and, you know, he probably really needed some meds to help him. And I, I'm like, oh, I don't want to snow my kid. I don't, you know, but yeah. what I was not putting into that equation was me, you know? And so it's like, okay, I'm tolerating this. Do I need to be tolerating this? Could I be happier and nicer and better in my daily life if I was sleeping more, you know? So right. I think sometimes we just get used to tolerating things in our life. We aren't even thinking about it. And we're not doing it to be bad to ourselves or others, but we just get used to this whole thing. And I think it's really important to try to take a step back and say, well, what am I tolerating? And yeah. what could I maybe do to shift some of those things in a more energy, equitable way or equitable energy, you know, within yeah. your family or within a relationship? Right, right. And what you're, yeah, what you're receiving and what your output is, you know, right. and again, that's a great way of putting it just tolerating. And I think, again, sometimes too, if we aren't working with practices, mm -hmm. you're not going out to taking your walks that you can have these times to reflect and say, wait a second, like, after a not great night's sleep, you know, after many like tolerating and then one that's just really like, okay, like something, <laughs> you know, like, let me think about this now a little differently. If we don't have that time, to reflect and and work through that and listen, then we just continue to tolerate. You know, right. it, there's no break in that cycle without those practices, without some type of checks and balances in a way um, in your life. Otherwise, you're just being kind of hit at over and over and mm -hmm. over again, and and without any uh, room to come up to breathe. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I love the way you said that. Yeah. 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 That was good. Yeah. Well, girl, I think Thank we're coming you. up on our, our, on our, yeah, our timing here. It's so fun. lovely. It's always fun to chat. Um, we no. could go on and on, <laughs> on and on and on, but kids need to be picked up from school and, uh, life continues on here, but, um, thanks so much for allowing me to to ask the questions. I love yes, it. Yes, I loved it. Thank you so much for pulling these things out of me. Some of the stuff I wasn't even like, Ooh, I know I was going to talk about. Love it. Love it. I love, love it. it. Love you. All right. Love you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for